Welcome to The Rank with John and Zach. I'm John. I'm Zach. We've been friends since Cub Scouts, and now 30 years later, we decided to start a podcast where we'll be ranking anything and everything. You know, the natural progression of events for millennials. You're probably wondering what credentials we have to rank anything. Well, we don't have any. And if you disagree, <laughs> join the discussion at Twitter at, at The Rank Podcast, on our website at therankwithjohnandzach.com. Or email us at therankwithjohnandzach at protonmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon at The Rank Podcast. And remember, please rate, review, and subscribe so we can keep this thing going. Anyway, enjoy the show. Sorry I took a minute. I was applying topical pain, pain relief balm. <laughs> Did you cut yourself with a, on a knife or something? No, I just uh, have topical pain. Oh. Is, is it on top of something? Yeah, it's on top of my skin. Or maybe it's in my muscles. I don't know what it is. Oh. Is it contagious? <laughs> yeah, it's contagious over the internet. So, okay. <laughs> I'm looking. By the way, we're talking shit about Houston. And ho- hopefully they know their city sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they must, you know? I mean... How can you be from Houston and not know? There's, there's a YouTube channel I like. It's mostly just about how shitty car infrastructure is. Um, and like Houston is this guy's favorite punching bag, like everything. And like no place is as bad as Houston. It's just the worst place on <laughs> according to him. So I think it's like an internet thing, I think. Really? I didn't know that actually. But I mean I've I've heard that I mean, I've never been to Houston. I've heard that it's terrible. I hear I've heard the infrastructure is terrible. Uh, you know, it's like just i i don't know that i've ever heard anything nice about houston no other uh, than that their baseball team is good yeah currently but not generally always right yeah exactly uh let's see their basketball team was good in the early 90s mid 90s yeah Yeah, they beat the knicks in the finals and (laughs) i don't care for that and then they beat the pacers the next year right was it or no was it was it the Magic? They beat the Nixon on the Magic, right? I don't know who they beat, but oh yeah, it must have been the Magic because I think Shaq was still on the Magic then, right? right. Yes, and they swept them too. Yeah, and it was they beat the Knicks, the and the Knicks. That was actually that was the year that the Knicks made it to the finals. The first team ever to make it to the finals as an eight seed. As an eight seed, so you should be rooting for the Knicks today because they made it to the finals in 1994. Right, and then <laughs> they lost. It was well. A, it was four well, games to three, though, wasn't it? I mean, it was a close series. Yeah, I believe. Um, yeah, I think the Knicks even had the lead in game. Like, I think they were down. They were up. I mean, three two in game six. I think. Oh, really? I think I can't quite remember. 
It was uh I remember that you were very excited about it back then. Well, you know, you notice that Michael Jordan retires and suddenly the Knicks make it to the finals. Yeah, I <laughs> and I was of course, you know, I was a very sort of typical um front runner fan. Oh, but now you and your your underdogs, you you can't get out of here. I'm actually wearing a t-shirt that says Miami on it as well today. Miami is one of the one of the few cities that have a big four. You know, have all the uh have have a sports franchise from every um what do you call them? Every sport? league? <laughs> yeah, every sport, I guess, from the big four. Um, what do you what do you call it? The things the teams play competitively against one another. I might what what is it? <laughs> well, they've got the Florida Panthers who are currently like Kind of kicking ass in hockey. They beat the Bruins, who the had Bruins, the best yeah. record in history. Yeah, fuck the Bruins and basically fuck everything about Boston sports. My sixth favorite city. <laughs> well, that's fine, but I, you know, it's still crazy that. No, you know, it's not fine. <laughs> no, but let it's... me defend. Let me defend Miami quickly. Um, okay. I feel Go like I didn't. I didn't do it justice earlier. So it is a little like highway e and like similar to some of those other places, like Houston, for instance. Um, but the actual, like, once you get to the Miami part of Miami, it is actually kind of quaint and charming in, it reminds me a little bit of like a San Francisco kind of way when you're in the very specific, like South beach area. I feel like that's not necessarily something everyone's going to agree with, but it does have some like nice, some nice local flavor in like how heavily, you know, Cuban inspired things are, which is not generally the case anywhere else in the United States. So it does feel kind of distinct. The beaches are nice and the tacky sort of, uh, um, this is the word I'm looking for, not fluorescent. Um, what's the color scheme? You know, like turquoises I, and pinks yeah. and... Fluorescent sounds right to me, but... All right, so the fluorescent <laughs> color scheme, the tacky art deco, everything i really like i find it charming again in a very distinct way that you wouldn't necessarily want to like that to be everywhere and you wouldn't necessarily want your hometown to switch over to that but i find it works. but it's fun to have a place that has it yeah right? exactly and again it's kind of a smallish area that it works in but um yeah i i, I thought it was kind of charming and we had a very pleasant uh, what was technically kind of a honeymoon, but not really. We just sort of went there for that baseball game, but we kind of counted it as our honeymoon, and it was pleasant. So Actually, that would be great. It's retreating. It's, yeah. I swear to God, <laughs> frightened turtle over here. Speaking of frightened turtles, though, let's move on. <laughs> That's a good segue. That will be a non sequitur. Yeah, they'll be like, "What about frightened turtles?" Yeah, what were they talking about? We're talking about Raphael. Speaking of bad voice voiceover work, let's get into the movie. Why don't you give us an agenda, Zach? Let's get let's get into the movie. Is that okay with you? Um <laughs> so our agenda here at the rank with John and Zach is uh as follows. First we give an overview of the movie, right? Well, actually, first we give an agenda. <laughs> um as as per Well, first this. actually we do the banter. The opening banter, which is, I hope, completed, because I'm done with it. <laughs> uh, and then we give uh, an overview where we talk about what we're going to talk about. And then we uh, talk about what, the synopsis, right? The movie in brief. In yeah. What, what, what was the, what's the basics of this movie? What, what's going on? Um, and then we uh, do some potent notables 
some notables that are potent or some potents that are notable. I'm never sure which. Um, some interesting thoughts, some interesting tidbits, trivia, factoids. Um, and then we uh, get into a larger overview where we go from beginning to end in more detail. Spoilers apply. And uh, then we rank the movie on 10 categories from a scale of 1 to 5. And then at the very end, we uh, add all that up and uh, figure out if we have the best action movie of all time here, which I suspect we might in this case. Yeah, yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. So today, we're ranking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 1990 movie starring Judith, I think it's Hogue or Hoag, as April, and Elias Kataeus as Casey. Corey Feldman was also the voice of Donatello, so Mm -hmm. um, that was fun. I wanted to add that in. It was written by Bobby Herbeck and Todd W. Langan and adapted from the comic books created by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, and it was Mm -hmm. directed by Steve Barron which I was almost instantly shocked when I saw directed by Steve B-A-R-R-O-N. I was like, wait, what is that? Bannon? <laughs> and then, I, oh, no, okay, Steve Barron. Yeah, no, he had an interesting career before. Yeah. Before he was death incarnate. The film follows the story of four anthropomorphic turtles, Leonardo, Donatello, Raphael, Michelangelo, who are trained in the art of ninjutsu by their rat sensei, Splinter. Living in the sewers of New York City, the turtles encounter April O'Neil, a reporter investigating a crime wave orchestrated by the Foot Clan, a criminal organization led by the villainous Shredder. As the turtles step out of the shadows to protect the city, they face battles both physical and emotional while navigating their dual roles as crime fighters and outcasts. I think this movie uh, remains a remains a beloved cult classic, capturing mm-hmm. the spirit of the franchise and leaving a lasting impact on pop culture. Yeah. We've ranked Aliens, Cliffhanger, Central Intelligence, Bloodsport, The Mummy, Predator, Hero, Iron Man, Speed, Bullet Train, Jason and the Argonauts, Mission Impossible, Bullet, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Spider-Man, Mission Impossible 2, The Accountant, and Inception. Inception came very close to overtaking Raiders as the top action movie in our rankings thus far. So I'm curious, you know, does does Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have the juice to reach the S tier of having a ranking in the 90s, like Raiders so. of the Lost Ark and Inception? You think so? Mm-hmm. Everything's anything's I, possible, you know. I have to if, say that I doubt it. If you believe, <laughs> but I remember being so excited for this movie when it came out. I like my mom and I waited in line outside the mall in Kingston to go see it. Oh. Um, I loved it as a kid. I'm not sure if I'll love it as you know. I, I was, I was unsure going into this if I would love it as an adult. But um, well, I guess we'll find out what my thoughts oh, are. Absolutely. Well, let's jump into, uh, as Lyndon will say, the potent notables. Potent notables. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was released by New Line Cinema, which at the time was considered an independent film studio. I guess it still is. Mm. Um, I'm not really sure how that designation works, but it's owned by Warner Brothers, so I'm not or I guess Warner Discovery now, or Discovery Warner, whatever the hell they are. But Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles held the record as the highest grossing indie film of all time, which I just think is hilarious. The Blair Witch Project came out in 1999. That's that's when it got beat nine years later. But uh, I, just thought it was movie in yeah, I just thought it was hilarious. It's 
this indie movie, you know? What's mm-hmm. the highest grossing indie movie? Oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, of, of course. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it grossed $135.4 million um, domestically, and that does include the $100,000 that it made in a 2021 re-release. And $66.7 million internationally for a worldwide total of $202.1 million. All of this against a budget of $13.5 million. Mm. So, pretty big hit. Mm. All right, so the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle journey. It started in 1984 when Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird self-published a comic book. From self-published to a cultural phenomenon that is still making them money today. So, still bringing in the bucks for them. It's pretty amazing. Uh, They ended up being joined by Mark Friedman as a business partner, and this guy got them a deal with Playmates to sell action figures, which got supported by the Saturday morning cartoon series, which ended up getting amazing ratings. Mm -hmm. But superhero and comic book movies weren't in vogue at the time, uh, as Howard the Duck was a huge flop and Superman 4 was also. Tim Burton's Batman hadn't come out yet to change the game. But one production... But one production company came around to the Turtles, Golden Harvest. So Golden Harvest is the same production company that started the careers of Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan. Hmm. What turned the bona fides are pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Especially martial arts. Mm-hmm. Um, but what turned them around on it was producer Tom Gray's epiphany. All right. So this guy, living in England, says. Now, the, the production company was based in Hong Kong, but this he worked for them. I'm not really sure about that whole thing, but he worked for them. He was living in London, and I'll, I'll let him tell it. No, the fact that he said I'll let him tell it was hilarious to me. <laughs> well, I don't have him uh, saying an actual clip, which mm. would be awesome. If, if Maybe we can transpose that someday and be like, hey, can you just say what you said already? <laughs> but for the podcast yeah but anyway here we go quote i said wait a minute this is nothing more than four chinese stuntmen from our studio in hong kong in rubber suits we can knock this off in hong kong for a couple million bucks and sell it to the japanese and away we go is that not the whitest thing that's ever been said (laughs) it is however it's kind of not like it's not a nice thing to say, but I kind of get his point. <laughs> I get his point too, but but I just it, felt like I'm like, so this guy works for a Hong Kong production company, and he pitched them on the whitest mm. outlook on this mm-hmm. ever, and they were like, yeah, good point. Yeah. Nobody has to look at these these action these uh, stunt men, so it'll be fine. <laughs> right. I, I want to move on to the most obvious person to discuss mm-hmm. for the potent notables for this movie. Uh huh. Robin Williams. Yeah, totally. Why, though? (laughs) Well, apparently he was actually a big fan of the comics and had Mm -hmm. a collection of them. He was kind of an oddball in some ways. You know that? Yeah, I was not expecting to read that, but he was in Cadillac Man with Judith Hogue and found out while they were on set that she was going to do this movie, and he helped her her out with the character. That's it, but I just thought it was funny. That was nice of him, I suppose. Yeah, and by helped her out, he was like, you know, you know, April, uh, she's going to have a few sex scenes here, so let me help you out. <laughs> I thought maybe he dressed up like a Ninja Turtle. 
This is Michelangelo. He's my favorite. <laughs> he really likes pizza. <laughs> but on to the topic of Judith Hope. She did she did not reprise her role as uh, April O'Neil in the next film, if, if you recall. Yeah, I think I remember that annoying me. Yeah, and annoyed me too. I remember that very specifically. But um, the story was that she complained about the violence in the movie and that she didn't like the perm that they made her have or the yellow jumpsuit that April wears in the comic slash cartoon saying it was horrifying. Gee, she didn't like anything about it, did she? Yeah. So I'm, I'm like reading about this. And my initial reaction was very much like, okay, so she's a diva, right? But then I read this quote from her. They had all these stump people who came in from Hong Kong who had no union protections. They were getting hurt. As soon as they were injured, they were shipped out of there. It was not the safest set to be on. That's a little distressing. Okay, yeah, that's actually weird. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the violence she was complaining about was in regards to the stunt people. So, like, I get, you know, she didn't like the perm or whatever, but, like, I think her complaints were like, this is dangerous. You guys just don't seem to care. You're just shipping these people back and bringing in new ones every time they get hurt. Yeah, that's a, that's especially concerning in light of what's his face's comments before that you said where it's exactly like, that can, right. So I read those back to back and I thought, hmm, something's fishy. Yeah, um, um, I, I love the idea of just them being like, "Oh, you're hurt. We're just gonna send you to where? Like, what are they sending him to the moon? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yep." She also did apparently complain about the grueling quote unquote six day shoots. So apparently they were doing six day shoots. Which I could see that being a lot also. Yeah. Um, so to me, it actually sounded like, it kind of sounds like the producers may have decided to silence her a little bit and make her sound like a diva. So not great. Yeah, that's, that's not the most, the most, you know. And I am an investigative journalist. So, mm -hmm. you know, I've soon, got sources soon be, here. Soon to be the highest paid one in the city. <laughs> um, but to prove her point, actually, when Raphael got knocked into the trash can by Casey Jones, the face and the animatronics inside the head caved in and broke the stuntman's nose. Okay, wow. The stuntman was then replaced by one of the foot soldier stuntmen. Foot soldier stuntmen. And as a matter of fact, when Raph gets up from the trash can, he can see he can be seen grabbing his nose like right before the shot cuts. So there were a number of stunt men in the costumes and not just, you know, a set like a few. It was, it was just one from what I could tell, but that oh. that was one that I heard. Oh, okay. That I read they actually changed him out. Because I thought it was this Josh guy that was Raphael because he, he was the only one who got to play him in the suit and do his voice. Oh yeah. Yeah. The foot hideout was filmed in an abandoned cement factory in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Nothing else. Just that. So, um, Neat. no, I'm just kidding. So the same factory was actually used in as Dino Hatton in super Mario brothers with Bob Hoskins. Okay. And as top dollars nightclub in the crow. That is a, a prolific set. Like really, you know, <laughs> this random abandoned cement factory in North Carolina. Like you couldn't find any other abandoned factories. So like, oh, they used this one in Ninja Turtles, so let's use it again. 
I guess the uh, whoever owned it gave them a good deal. Is it would seem that way. It would seem that way. Um, the film was set in New York City, but actually much of the filming took place in North Carolina, as we discussed, mm-hmm. with a couple of location shoots done in New York City to capture a famous landmark. Well, that's North Carolina is where all the good cement factories are. So obviously they were filmed <laughs> there. So this one I thought was really cool. So to help disguise how cumbersome and slow the turtles' costumes were, dialogue scenes were shot at 23 frames per second so that when they were played at the normal speed of 24 frames per second, they appeared a bit sharper. And for the same reason, fight scenes were shot at 22 or 23 frames per second. Jeez. I didn't know any of that at all. Like, that's brand new. In, I, you know? like Yeah. Isn't that kind of fascinating? I had no idea. I, I'll, and really I'll be cool. honest, I did not know that, like, at all. And um, so I guess it ended up looking fairly seamless, I suppose. Maybe. I thought so, too. I mean, even knowing that going into this, I was mm-hmm. like, well, I don't even. They did a good job. Yeah. Um, the script called for the boy that, that Tatsu attacks. You remember when he's, like, all angry after Shredder's disappointed in him? And he beats up that kid. Okay, who's. Oh, that guy? Okay, yeah. Yeah. He was that kid was supposed to die from the beating in the script. Okay, it seems darker than yeah. being. So the sounds of the boy breathing and others saying he would be all right were added at the last minute because of the ratings board objections. <laughs> I kind of object. Yeah, I know. This is I actually this is one instance where I'm glad there was a ratings board because mm-hmm. that's pretty damn dark. Of course, there was one country that was like, yeah, the kid can die. France. Oh, okay. Naturally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, I don't care. Uh, this is a dog. So one of the early ideas floated for this movie was that it would be similar to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. So live actors interacting with animated turtles. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, that was scrapped when they decided to go with Jim Henson's Creature Shop. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I like the choice, I have to say. Well, I will say that sounds really bad, but given that if you had if they had never made who framed roger rabbit and you told me they were thinking of making a movie where they did who framed roger rabbit i would assume it would never work so who knows that's true that's true and also i probably would have assumed that this would never work either i would probably assume that filming at 22 frames a second or whatever would never work so i guess never say never but i will agree i think this worked better than um cartoons yes i thought it was the the animatronic. I mean, so I don't want to get ahead of things here, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The animatronics are kind of incredible when you think mm-hmm. about it. Um, I mean, this is a thirty three year old movie, and I, you know, I don't know that you could get that much better now. You know, I'm still. I'm, you say you mentioned it's a thirty three year old movie, and I'm still at this bizarre point where the nineteen ninety was like ten years ago in my head. So, I know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm. I don't know if I'm ever going to get past that. Apparently, I don't know if it's a millennial thing or just a. I don't know what. But I was like thirty three years. It's a whole ass adult. I don't it's know. a. It's it's a getting old thing. But honestly, this podcast that we've been doing has made that more of a reality for me than ever before. Oh yeah. Because we watch these movies and I'm like, yeah, that wasn't that long. Oh, it was a long time ago. <laughs> it was really it was a long, long time ago, wasn't it? Like we watched Speed and I'm just like, oh yeah, this was 30 mm-hmm. years ago. Oh okay. my God, I'm old. <laughs> Pretty much. 
even like with central intelligence i was like mm -hmm. wait that's seven years ago really that's a long time <laughs> well I'm i was like let's do a new one central intelligence yeah, brand new just out on dvd today um, i mean even inception is 13 years old 13 yeah you know as far as central intelligence came out in 2016 right i will say that those were a very long four years from That's 2016 to 2020 that yeah. felt like at least a lifetime so that one that one i feel like we get a little bit of a pass but yes. 1990 was not 10 years ago so <laughs> um the motors that were built into each turtle head to create facial expressions were packed very tightly into it and very uncomfortable for the performers in the suit mm -hmm. josh pay who was the only person who got to do the voice for the character that they were embodying uh -huh. Raphael. so this is like, again, I'm like, well, so what happened? Did he see the one who broke his nose? Yeah. Um, has described the noise as like being in Grand Central Station at rush hour with a tin can over your head. So it sounds delightful. Yeah. <laughs> this was actually the last theatrical film that Jim Henson was associated with. He died about a month and a half after its release. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Sadly, though, he liked so he liked helping with the advancement of the animatronics, but he didn't like the violence in the movie, which he called, quote, excessive, pointless, and not his style. Mm -hmm. So I read a lot of people talking about the violence in the movie. I didn't really feel like there was that much violence. Yeah. Is, is I mean, crazy just, here? Maybe like the market for a kid's movie would have been very different 33 years ago, but it didn't feel very violent. Like it didn't feel especially violent to me. I remember, although I do remember thinking when I was a kid that it was like, more violent than I was expecting. So I mm -hmm. guess there's that. Um, I will say the foot are kind of menacing, maybe. I don't know. I don't know that it was scary. It was more just like, oh, wow, this is like people mm -hmm. are getting hurt in the cartoons. People don't really get that hurt that bad. <laughs> um, but uh, the the director they brought in, Steve Barron, not to be confused with the devil, <laughs> was was the reason that they went with Jim Henson in the first place. But Tom Gray, again, uh, the producer wasn't super thrilled with this as uh, quote, the budget went from 50 cents to six, seven, eight million, <laughs> which I was getting terrified about because no one was picking the movie up here in the studios mm -hmm. End quote. He'd approached every studio in Hollywood offering distribution rights, but none were interested. They didn't want the next Howard, the duck <laughs> as Tom Gray put it. Everybody thought that if the mighty George Lucas can't make it work with a comic book, how can I, who yeah. is a nobody? But just as a side note here, Howard the Duck was, a, so, was such a failure that it made George Lucas sell his uh, fledgling computer animation company to Steve Jobs, mm -hmm. which is what we now know as Pixar. Jeez. <laughs> you know, that, that is maybe for the best, because, only because I don't feel like he needs more money. You know? <laughs> yeah. We would have had Pixar Studios doing Star Wars movies. Um, Jar Binks movie, maybe. God, I wish they got they got to do that. <laughs> like our Disney Plus show, Jar Jar Binks. I mean, like, what happened to him? He became like the king or whatever, right? Don't don't put that evil on me, Jeff. <laughs> Use it. People want to watch me again. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, 20th Century Fox actually eventually agreed to distribute the film. Mm -hmm. And they were like, we're going to put $6 million into production. But Fox had a change of management during this. <laughs> Do you remember? No. 
Okay. Let me say a name. Let's see if you remember him. Do you remember Menachem Golan? Mm, the name is ringing a bell, but I couldn't tell you. Well, he was the guy who had just finished running cannon into the ground. Oh, yeah? From Bloodsport. And if you recall, <laughs> when we did the potent notables for Bloodsport, yeah. we joked about how did this guy end up becoming the CEO <laughs> of 20th Fox, Century right. Fox? I do remember that. Now. <laughs> so he's he was the management change, and guess what he did? Mm. Promptly nixed the agreement for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm. And then Which I also found out that he ran the 20th Century Fox studio into bankruptcy. He, so, sounds, he sounds good at his job. I'm just like, how the fuck did this guy get this job? What movie studio did they come in charge of after this, I guess? Because they keep giving him some. <laughs> I didn't continue reading after that. I just was like, this is nuts. Anyway, New Line swooped in at the last minute. So to, to Tom Gray again, ready? Quote, mm -hmm. New Line Cinema came up to me and said, we know you don't have a deal. We're your last hope. I said, yeah, I need six million. And they said, we'll give you two. And I said, I can't make the film for $2 million. So he has to call back to Hong Kong and give the bad news to Golden Harvest. Also, he's told all of his crew and everybody, like, you know, we might be shutting down production tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Right? So, quote, I said, we don't have the money. This is him talking to uh, the head of Golden Harvest. And, he, and the, the, the head of Golden Harvest says, what are we going to do? And I said, Okay, you've got two choices. You can give me the, the money to make the film, or we're going to get sued because we've got to pay or play with Henson, mm -hmm. uh, which will cost us $4 million. So, end quote here. Just as an aside, that doesn't really sound like two options, so I'm <laughs> kind of wondering if Tom Gray understands what options are. <laughs> Another option is learning what the word option means. Basically, he told Raymond Chow, who is the executive at Golden Harvest, who founded Golden Harvest, that he believed that he'd make the money back if he can come up with it. Raymond said he'd get the money, that he would find a way to get the money, so they kept going. Um, so, so, yeah, so basically, this movie almost never happened. Mm -hmm. So just one more potent notable. I couldn't let a ninja movie go without getting some Frank Dukes in here. <laughs> Feel break. So, of course, um, you know... Ninja Turtle movies coming out, the cartoon and everything. Uh, an LA Times article comes out that's like, hey, we're going to talk to some uh, martial art artist dojos, right? And um, they were interviewing the heads of those dojos about the, you know, about the phenomenon of all these kids uh, mm -hmm. trying to become, you know, Ninja Turtles, right? And all mm -hmm. of them talked about the ninja turtle like all of them were just like yeah ninja turtles you know it's uh it's brought a lot of business but you know we have to like kind of tell them you're not going to be a turtle not going to be a ninja turtle it takes a lot of focus and time and energy um <laughs> blah 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 right so everybody's talking about the ninja turtles all except frank dukes ready mm -hmm. here's frank dukes quote the martial arts industry is really tied into the film industry when good martial arts movies dry up so does our industry we were in a depression for several years, but when the movie Bloodsport was released on video in 1989, it actually saved the industry. <laughs> Gotta love the self-promotion and aggrandizement. Thank you, Frank Dukes. You know, movies would not be made today. 
there wouldn't be a single movie since 1989 if not for Bloodsport. What I thought was really interesting is, do you know who the the journalist for this article was? Who's that? John Long. Oh, well. He wrote the article. (laughs) Article was based on an original idea, huh? He had the premise for the article, actually. He just gave it to somebody else. I see. I thought that was going to be a real person. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just, I, you know, I thought, I wonder if there's some Frank Dukes quote uh, out here about the Ninja Turtles, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I was kind of shocked that I found one, and I couldn't believe when I'm reading it is he's like, no, 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 my, the movie about me yeah. saved martial arts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of martial arts, not even just films, just <laughs> karate oh. wouldn't exist anymore. That's so funny. They almost, they almost shut down all of Kung Fu. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the uh, the movie overview here. Mm-hmm. Movie overview. So, I'm you know it starts off and we're seeing all these. Uh, well, it starts off with the news story by April yeah. about how there's so much crime in New York City, and. And then we're seeing all these like burglaries. It starts off with like pickpocketing, right? And I was mm-hmm. thinking it's kind of funny because stealing people's wallets nowadays doesn't doesn't really do much. Like you're lucky if you get a ten. <laughs> yeah. And then they're just gonna cancel all their other stuff. He's so. like, he's like, give me your NFTs. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, pretty quickly we get to a Burger King placement. I don't know if you saw it there. I just think I missed it. <laughs> they were like in the factory that they're all in. Um, and, you know, like they, they keep showing all these crazy things being stolen. Like they steal oh, yeah, all yeah. the stuff out of the truck really, really fast. And I, my favorite was always that they swiped the TV from that woman as she turns away from it. Yeah. Like she, she's watching TV, first of all, on her freaking. On her fire <laughs> escape? Yeah. <laughs> and then and then they're just like, yoink. <laughs> And she's like, hey. It's also just funny seeing, like, the idea that that would be um, a valuable item to have that little tube like TV. Random crap TV. <laughs> yeah. um, with like, I Love New York stickers on the side of it. Uh, it's You can't sell it anywhere outside of New York, but unless they happen to love it. Yeah, but this is where we see, like, Danny in his Sid shirt that he wears for three oh, yeah. years. Um, for the first time and he's like you know working in that factory right next to him is like very crisp burger king box and soda that says whopper on it <laughs> really funny. um yeah now now uh april's leaving the studio and i guess she doesn't like rats mm-hmm. no yeah she jumps up who does i love rats they're great pets oh okay so i guess you do <laughs> um and Kamato Yoshi does. True. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that's not his name, by the way. Is it? Is that right? I just I felt like I just said tomato. <laughs> I'm pretty positive that was it. Okay, I hope it is because I'm just like, wait, tomato? That doesn't sound right. Oh, I think I think it's Hamato. Hamato. Yeah. Well, Hamato Yoshi does also. He likes rats. Never explained why he has a pet rat exactly, but that's okay. Well, okay, so now um, 
you know, April gets saved by the turtles, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And Raph is looking through the sewer grate there. He's, you know, he got the manhole up. He's looking at his sigh and she takes it and he goes, damn. Mm -hmm. Now, I remember as a kid being like, oh, did he say damn? He said damn. <laughs> oh, my. This yeah. is dark. And, and I'm thinking, like, as we continue on here, like, I don't know that I noticed this when I was a kid watching it, but I'm like, wow, Wrath is already a super angsty teen. Oh, he's horrible. Like, just right off the bat. Yeah. We don't even get, like, we don't even get him, like, in a good mood at first, and then he's mad. Just, he's immediately angry. Yeah, he says damn again. You know, mm -hmm. he's got another damn. And I'm already like, man, the anima like the, the animatronics, not, maybe not even the, the motor the motorization of the animatronics, but the uh but but like the the look of the turtles yeah was so good. Mm -hmm. I, like it was so I, they were really cool costumes, I thought. No, yeah, I uh I guess it makes sense that it's uh the Henson workshop because they seemingly do a good job generally but it's actually kind of impressive i guess just how good these look because yeah i thought it was really impressive they're they're rather convincing like not just That's for so the too. time like because it could just be like well you know he's, you know whatever if you know they 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 could only do what they could do back then blah 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 but no it like honestly if they made that tomorrow i think it would look kind of good yeah i mean the only thing that probably could be done better nowadays maybe maybe it couldn't i don't know it's just you know the movements of the mouth mm -hmm. you know yeah, maybe even, they could make but that's still not bad. So bad yeah yeah i it was like i, I was genuinely really impressed mm -hmm. and you know you're so you're getting to meet them right now and they really are just an enjoyable bunch other than Raphael. you know michelangelo and donatello i mean those are really the two that kind of bring the joy to the film you know um leo does it a little bit at first too i liked that leo isn't immediately like in my memory i think I've, i remembered leo being like come on guys we have to be serious no more joking the, around but he's uh, joking stick in the mud him. yeah, yeah he jokes around a lot too so uh, again it, it is just fun watching them just be silly in their little i guess yeah. boy station pizza dudes got 10 minutes <laughs> like the fact that um they uh, don't mind doing silly things around Splinter, even if he kind of rolls his eyes. You know? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking too. So Donatello comes up to Michelangelo while he's waiting on the pizza, mm -hmm. and uh, he comes up on a skateboard. And I was like, man, how hard must it have been to skateboard in that outfit? In this damn outfit. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing you mentioned about the the frames per second thing and everything, but. Um, so maybe that maybe that actually did help it look less awkward, but it's the fighting that they managed to do and just like the other stuff. It, I don't know. It's, it's incredible. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, so, um anyway, so now we're getting like we're getting really heavy handed with the for with the uh uh foreshadowing, mm -hmm. right? Splinter talking about like someday I'll be gone. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, rats have a lifespan of like two to three years. So yeah. <laughs> yes, that should have happened a long time ago. He's a mutant rat though now. So yeah, but like he was like 15 years ago. I yeah. <laughs> was a pet with my master Hamato Yoshi, and then we we left for um New York. Yeah. 
like he left for New York by himself. So I don't even understand how he got to New York because Yoshi's dead as well as his wife. And yeah, anyway. Curiously long lifespan for a garden variety rat, don't you think? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think uh, Longworms down there, or whatever the fuck his name is. Well, you know, I was going to save it for when we get the backstory, but I mean, it's a little strange to me because Splinter learns the art of ninja from his master, right? Watching. Mm -hmm. He's just a normal rat at this point. When he's no, learning, I, I know he's not a mutant yet. I, no, I think that all of, I used to think that all the time. Like he's just a rat, and I loved that they would show him doing the moves as a yeah. rat. He's like doing kata and stuff. It's weird. Like I, I don't know. Apparently, rats are have the capability not just of learning martial arts, but like parsing it out for themselves just by watching. It's very impressive. <laughs> well. So apparently the comic books uh, and, and in the cartoon, it's actually Hamato Yoshi like interacts with the the ooze like along with the rat and he turns into a rat. Oh, okay. Which I remembered that. I remember as a kid watching this part of the movie and being like, no, he's not a rat. Like <laughs> he's a guy. He becomes a rat. <laughs> so He's a regular guy who becomes a rat. Duh. Yeah. A much duh. More, makes a lot much more plausible. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's why it's, it's also interesting because, like, I don't know. Again, like, he's not a human at any point. He's just always been a rat. So, right. Well, anyway. Yeah, it's, 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 it's silly. Um, so then Raph is like, I'm going to go catch a movie, right? Mm -hmm. Goes and sees Critters, which also I read it was supposed to be uh, Batman. Mm hmm. And then his line was supposed to, it was supposed to be cool car, stupid, stupid outfit. <laughs> um, but I don't know why they changed it to critters. Well, either way, it's kind of fun. It was, yeah, I enjoyed it. Both, both lines are good actually. Um, but then he has another great line when he runs into Casey Jones. Yeah. We get Casey Jones here right off of that. Yep. And he's like, oh, Jose Canseco bat. Tell me you didn't pay money for this, which <laughs> I just. We were actually I've always remembered that, and I just loved that line. We were trying to figure out actually. Do you happen to have an idea of exactly what he has against Jose Canseco there? I have no idea. It's just a random dislike of Jose Canseco. I don't know. I mean, Jose Canseco had won an MVP at that point. Yeah, and he was he like became the first forty forty guy in mm -hmm. history. Right, so it's not like he was bad. So yeah. I don't really understand it. Yeah, he didn't um, have he didn't have the taint of steroids yet. So I don't know. No, no. But uh, apparently, he didn't. Raphael did not think he was any good. Yeah. Um, also, like, yeah, I think they had won the World Series the year before. Yeah, 1989. 1989. Yeah. So, like, while they were filming this, the the A's were having a great season, yeah. and then they went. They went to the World Series the next year, too, I think, and lost to the Reds, right? Lost to the Reds, yeah. So, yeah, anyway. Um, it is an interesting one. So, uh, I have to say, Casey Jones does not seem like a really great guy in this. Really? He He's just like, I'm going to punish these kids for stealing. Yeah. Well, he's a vigilante, you know. Sure, but vigilantes will stop them, you know, like the whole... Like even with the turtles, right? They're vigilantes too, but they just like stop a crime that's happening currently, mm -hmm. and then like tie them up. 
And Casey Jones is like, so that happened before. So now I'm going to beat the shit out of you with a hockey stick. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I guess I had that just that. feels like more crime. <laughs> That's just a different kind of crime. That's uh, I guess that's Raf's point too. You know that he doesn't he shouldn't be right. doing that. Because I, I kind of interpret it as Raf being just like I wanted to beat them up, but no, I guess he actually is being more uh, more moral than Casey Jones. Yeah, yeah. It seems like Casey Jones just likes violence. You know? Well, I think it might be a, a clever statement about how like the more degraded society becomes with crime, you know, people get more and more. Um, you know, zealous about stopping crime at all costs and uh, like over punishing. Yeah, that's true. I mean, society tends to do that. We overcorrect all mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. um, a little bit like all the uh, scared white old men who are just firing at everything outside their houses now. Yeah, what is the fuck is going on? <laughs> I don't know. That. It's like a weird epidemic. It's like a weird, yeah. <laughs> Just the yeah. see shadows from the from their living room. Oh my god, there's a young girl on my property. Shoot her. Yeah, you saw the one recently about her playing hide and seek and he decides to just open fire. No, I haven't heard, I haven't seen that one. These guys should take their fingers off the trigger a little bit and maybe just confirm before you fire. You know what? Just go back to jerking off a bunch. <laughs> you know? It's a, it's a better use of your time for all of us. Yeah, no kidding. It's just, um, <laughs> first of all, we want all of your prospective babies to die. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't, that doesn't, to be clear, I don't want babies to die. Mm -hmm. I want sperm to die that could have become babies. Um, just to be clear, I'm not advocating baby death exactly. Yeah. You know, just potential. Uh, just, yeah, just the potential baby. I always liked what Neil deGrasse Tyson has said. Mm -hmm. He's like, I don't know if you've heard this before, but he's like the there's exponentially more potential babies that will never be that have never been born than mm -hmm. people that have lived on yeah. the planet, which is like a really cool way to look at it because it makes mm -hmm. you feel a little bit special. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make me feel special. It's just because yeah. that's how that's how these things work. Oh, that's good for you. Um, it's nice that you don't get to feel special ever. Um, <laughs> I, not everyone can feel special. Otherwise, how special can you be? Uh, well, life is special. That's the okay. point. Yes. So we get another dam because uh -huh. he's very upset about being in the trash can, which it makes sense because we learned that he broke his nose. Broke his nose, yeah. <laughs> but um, so. Now, now we get back and they're watching April, right? Michelangelo and Donatella are watching and they're just talking about what a babe she is. Yeah. Which is sort of a confusing thing to, like, why are the turtles attracted to a human woman? I, <laughs> and that's, that's, that, sort of goes, that sort of goes back to the fact that they're, they have always been animals, these, these five, instead of, you know, they were at some point had some sort of human... And the, no, no, no. These things were always turtles. Well, they were always turtles, even in the yeah. comics. But Splinter wasn't. So, mm -hmm. like, you, you know, if they had kept that backstory and Splinter had been like, damn. <laughs> right? Then it would exactly. be like, all right, sure. Weird. That, but sure. You see, that makes sense, yes. The the old rat. At least he's a mammal, you know? It's true. It's true. <laughs> it's like, like, the turtles are going to be like, can can we, like, 
rub against each other? Uh, or can I fertilize your egg? You know, <laughs> this is moving going the strange direction here. Yeah. <laughs> this is the porn version that's very bizarre. Yeah. Um, so the foot are uh, are very fast and quiet. Yeah. It's very. Uh, they just can kind of get anywhere and do anything. Mm -hmm. um, since and then they they followed. You know, so Raph saves April, right? And then they follow him and find their little sewer hideout. I, what I forgot that she said that I was really enjoyed was, "Why can't I ever dream of Harrison Ford?" Yeah, that was fun. This is a cute little thing. So now we get to see the backstory of uh, yes. the turtles and the baby turtles. Radical, radical, radical. Which I'm sorry, but that's one of the more adorable things I've seen in a while. <laughs> yeah, it's it's I, like an iconic, classic little moment in a movie. I, uh, I I I think I enjoy the pizza one more actually. Pizza, pizza. <laughs> it's like this is too cute. Actually, kind of mad. Yeah. Well, it's funny because. The radical, radical thing, radical, mm. radical, radical. That's something that, like, early on in my dating with Sarah, <laughs> she, she like said that. Okay. As like a reference, you know, she wasn't even like she wasn't saying. Remember the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie? She was like, something happened. She's like, radical, radical, radical. I'm like, that's amazing. <laughs> I love that you would reference something that like weird and specific. You're like, marry me now. Yeah, I, I loved it. I was also thinking, like, so they go to uh, they go to April's place, right? Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, like, what was it about the '80s and maybe early to mid '90s where they just always showed New York City as a shithole? Yeah, well, I don't know. It's it, according to people who lived there at the time, it was in fact much worse as far as crime goes. Like in the '70s ish era, I don't really know. Yeah, if it was '70s, too much the '80s. 80s. Yeah. But my uh, my guess is the concerted campaigning that like politicians like Nixon did trying to portray the cities as being such crime ridden shitholes, which they're still trying to do. Um, is this speaking of movie references um, right at this point, right? When they're visiting April's um, we get Michelangelo. Oh yeah. He's doing Rocky with a hilarious Rocky thing because of, you know, turtles. Oh, I didn't even get that. I thought that, that was really fun because yeah, was... cuff and link. Yeah, and but uh... you know, I have to say, I'm like, I actually kind of I thought the getting to know you scene with April was very odd. It is a little strange. Actually, she's like but... cracking up at these, like, it's okay. one of those. It's one of those where we get that they're supposed to be like hanging out and having fun, but the the, the amount that she's laughing doesn't actually feel super like appropriate yeah it was it was weird um also the cagney impression you know mm -hmm. not very good <laughs> she's like cracking up and i love that she's like splinter must love that one and they all like look around like yeah. what? and i feel like when she says it was a joke you know it would have been better if she was like because he's a rat yeah <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that would have made it funnier but anyway Kind of an awkward scene either way. Yeah. But, you know, I do love I love a joke that is about explaining the joke. Mm -hmm. 
That's one of my favorite things. <laughs> so now we've got, uh, you know, they go back and Splinter's gone, sadness, and then they come back to April because, of course, you know, and how many times have you left a left a date semi early and then gone back to the chick's house and been all sad just like that? Mm -hmm. I come back in, hang out longer. Mm -hmm. I didn't get to see you naked. Can we do it now? <laughs> my um, rat's missing. <laughs> She's like, um, oh, is that code for something? My rat's missing. <laughs> my rat's missing. Um, but I did think it was kind of hilarious when Leonardo goes. Splinter. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> I was trying to remember. Splinter. <laughs> kind of a weird way to say that, but all right. All right. It didn't explain anything. She's like, yep, I remember the giant rat. What yes. else? <laughs> you can come back just to whisper the giant rat's name to me. Or yeah. I think it would be really funny. Splinter. And then mm -hmm. they just left. She's like, what the... Maybe we shouldn't be friends anymore. I don't really want to see you anymore. And then Danny comes again, and he's still wearing a Sid shirt. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. the only shirt he owns, apparently. Yeah. And I did enjoy, though, like, you know, they're all hiding. I remember really enjoying as a kid that they were all able to, like, sneak away and hide. And, you know, nobody was well, actually, able to catch them. Yeah, I do like that because it shows that they are actually good at the art of ninja, you know? Right, exactly. Of being in the shadow mm -hmm. um, but I also really enjoyed that uh, when Michelangelo comes out after they leave he's like well that was close or something like that mm -hmm. and and April jumps Ugh, you know <laughs> yeah and he's just like whoa time to switch to decaf April <laughs> I don't know that just that really tickled me I guess so now, now we get to the uh, to the hideout again, right? Uh, Danny's over there after he's run away from his dad. Who, like, the whole time I'm thinking, like, "Hey, Charles, like Chuck, maybe don't be so fucking over the top." Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, you're gonna be. Like, why wouldn't he leave? You basically <laughs> just told him, like, don't come back because it's gonna be shitty for you if you do. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, okay, I'll leave. Um, but I've. I've we see this we see these kids playing this this these arcade games and i remember i i, I have this vague memory of narc the arcade game that they mm -hmm. that we see oh, them absolutely. Playing. do you remember that game 100 <laughs> percent. it was that thing was that thing was classic i'm not gonna lie it's pretty silly so <laughs> now so at the at the little uh, foot hideout by the way have you have you spied sam rockwell's weird little appearance yes i was like sam rockwell yeah that was my next thing that i was gonna say <laughs> i had no idea he was in it. i'm like was sam rockwell it was a very strange random person to be in this but all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's i yeah through it definitely was like wow okay because now it's i can't remember i should have looked it up beforehand but is is he an Oscar winner or an Oscar nominee? I don't think he's won, but that's just a guess. Well, either way, an Oscar nominee is mm -hmm. in this movie. <laughs> so we'll just leave it at that. Um, so now, now we're going to actually meet Shredder for the first time. And I remember like being really excited to meet Shredder when I was a kid. Well, who wouldn't be? 
yeah, you know, I'm like a in like a kid way of enjoying a villain because I I liked Shredder as a villain. Mm -hmm. Um, and but then I'm like watching it, and you know, Atsu comes over and like takes the cape up off of his Shredder things on his shoulder, <laughs> his shoulder pad knives. I'm like, so why didn't he just knives. have it off of that already? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, and, you know, you need your subservience to to. You need to give them busy work, you know, otherwise they'll make it ready. But I and now I'm like watching and I'm thinking, like, why does he wear such a crazy outfit? <laughs> How does this help? I can get the knives that are like on his on the back of his hand thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, weapons there, but like what are what are the shoulder ones doing for you? <laughs> or the shin guard knives, you know? They're for uh the same thing the Legion of Doom used them for, which is <laughs> yeah, I thought of Legion of Doom. <laughs> oh man, we've uh, we get to hear Raph say "damn" again. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, he says "damn" a lot. I he's, he's full of "damn," full of "damn." But then what I really caught me off guard uh, was Michelangelo said said "damn" too. I can't remember what it was now. It was like, kiss the damn girl or something like that. Oh, really? I don't remember that. Yeah, it was, like, it was when he was watching TV. I, it was, uh, they were, I can't remember what they were watching. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Well, so now anyway, they're, they're, they're exploring April's. Yeah. They're exploring uh, April's, you know, what is it, antique shop? Yeah. And there was this there was a part during this that actually like genuinely made me smile. Mm. Um, and that was when Michelangelo sneaks up behind was it Leo and smashes those symbols. Yeah. <laughs> Which you know, it's sort of silly in the movie, but I'm thinking like in real life, that would be just terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and then Raph gets jumped on the roof, right? Mm -hmm. And Casey Jones just happens to see the whole thing go down. And uh, lives nearby, but whatever. And just hangs out on a roof. Also hangs out on the roof, yeah. Looking for crime that he can <laughs> wait wait until it happens and then chase them down with a hockey too. stick. Yeah. yeah. So then you know, they'd say the raft should be back in any any minute now, right? And then he comes crashing through the ceiling. And then is he? No, he's alive. Barely. <laughs> yeah. Really? You looked at him for two seconds. Like what? <laughs> Part of being a leader is being able to assess someone's aliveness very quickly. Very, very quickly. Um, and then, but this whole scene was actually really fun, I thought. Other than Raph being almost dead. Yeah, that was sad. But they, they had, I was sort of surprised how much I enjoyed all the joking and how, mm -hmm. how much it actually really worked for me. Like during the fighting? Yeah, during the fighting. Yeah, it's kind of fun, right? It was really fun. Um, I also I really loved the music mm -hmm. when he goes, "Ah, oh, fellow chucker, eh?" <laughs> Which you know, I forgot that that was at that point. Um, I like that entire sequence because it's silly in a way that works for me. Yeah, I I like that entire sequence too. I I was surprised at how much I liked it. Yeah, and then um, Casey Jones shows up. And they're like, who's this guy? Yeah. And he goes, I don't know, Wayne Gretzky on steroids? <laughs> yeah. 
which is funny, but also I'm pretty sure Gretzky is a lot bigger than Elias Kateas. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't feel like it though, because I don't know why, but yeah, so now uh April's place is on fire and it cuts to is- and delightful all her stuff feeling, just burned yeah yeah and danny's feeling pensive and sad poor guy and i'm like well yeah you should feel bad danny like fucking dick for real like i get that you you know as a kid you're supposed to like you know he re- i don't know but you're supposed to sort of like oh he's he's starting to you know see the error in his ways Right, but I'm just like, fuck you, dude. You didn't know that they were gonna fucking do this. Like, you not like you didn't have an indication that they were evil. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's just ridiculous. Um, but Casey Jones in this is just a very really ridiculous caricature, and you know, he does eventually sort of like wear me down. I do like him mm-hmm. <laughs> eventually, but like. It's really goofy. Like he calls her Broadzilla. I kind of like that. All right, Broadzilla. I know. I wrote it down and put LOL. I thought it was hilarious. But it's not like, I'm not saying it is like a bad thing. He's just so ridiculous. I actually like Casey Jones, like from the get go in this. And I don't know why. Like, there's, there's, there isn't a great reason because, like you said, a couple of things about him are not necessarily the best. But, um, I'm not really sure how to explain it. Let's move on because maybe I'll come up with something. But I think he's fun. I, I like that he's like weirdly. I like that they make his weird conceit of fighting with sports equipment actually kind of work. Yeah, I, I found him relatively believable as a vigilante, just go, going into battle with a like. Because like if you told me like he's a vigilante and he wears a fucking hockey mask, it's like that's dumb. But I don't know. Somehow it works. Yeah, I I actually buy him as well um he is you know he's he's i think elias kateas actually did you know not to go for far ahead here but i think he did a good job of being this guy mm-hmm. um, he added a certain amount of charm to it which uh anyway he 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 worked for me. I just didn't like him in the very beginning because it was very just like, okay, you're just beating the shit out of people. Like, <laughs> um, he's like, he's like, I'm in a martial arts movie. What do you want from me? <laughs> yeah, but uh, I actually. So then we get to you know they're showing the bonding between Casey Jones and the Turtles and with April. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, at the, the farm that time forgot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, I actually never realized that they were doing the insults alphabetically. Me neither. It was, was like, insult. oh, this is kind of cool. It's just a little throwaway about what letter they're on, you know? Yeah. And also, what's a gag face? I don't. It, it's a turtle's brain. Just, yeah. <laughs> it makes more sense when you know you're a turtle. Trust me. So, the animosity between April and uh, and Casey. Feels mm-hmm. a little contrived, if I'm being honest. Well, you know, um, you have to you have to hate each other before you can fall in love. Right, that's how all love works. You hate each other first. Yep. Because sometimes you I know, stop. I know that most women who have not liked me, they've always come around. Oh yeah. 
that's not true at all. They just continue not to like me. Um, my life is full of love and that many people hate me. <laughs> just a bunch of people that are waiting to fall in love with you. Um, <laughs> Every person who hates you is just a relationship waiting to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this the swing falling, it, I thought mm. it was a really nice touch. <laughs> it was it was a, a a random little thing. It reminds me of my favorite joke in the movie Clue, which I, I just rewatched again recently because this was never a bad time to watch Clue. But my my favorite joke in the whole thing is where they're they're like talking about some sort of exposition or whatever, and it has nothing to do with anything except suddenly the the side table that Mr. Green is leaning on collapses. <laughs> it's not in reference to anything. It's not a follow-up to anything. It just collapses. <laughs> it makes me laugh uproariously every goddamn time. So this was actually very much in the same vein. Where there was no, well, I guess it was because he was actually talking about how he can fix stuff. Yeah. And so then it just even falls and he's like in the middle of eating an apple, which I, yep. I enjoyed too. Just a very um, cute little part. There's, there's 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 cute moments in this that actually like help a long way, help like make it a lot more charming than it would be otherwise. Right. And then we cut back to Shredder, and he keeps talking about the way the turtles fight. And I'm like, mm -hmm. has he actually seen them fight? Yeah, it's just described to him by whatever his name is. By Tatsu, there he's like, they yeah. fight like this. Yeah. Anyway. Like, Wait a second. Your extremely weirdly detailed, you know, description of how they fight is reminding me of something. He's like, and then they kicked like this, and then they punched. Now we get another cute, weird kind of scene here where, uh, you know, Michelangelo comes in on mm -hmm. Casey forcing April to, uh, to sit and accept a massage. Yeah, which, which is not, you know. Apparently is romantic. Um, it just seemed kind of creepy to me. Yeah. No, sit. I'm going to rub your shoulders. Um, yeah. But I did enjoy that they were like, do you want some ointment? And he grabs turtle wax. Turtle wax. That was actually really funny. And I yeah. liked, uh, was it was it Raphael actually at this point who's like, you're, you're silly, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what he said, but like, he hits him in the head. No joke. Really. Yeah, well, he like gives him a noogie. Hey, Mikey. Mm -hmm. Oh, a noogie. That's what Mikey. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then, <laughs> then Leo somehow meditates and sees Splinter, and then yeah. he's like, "Splinter's alive." I don't think I know. Maybe not the best voice acting ever. <laughs> I thought it was okay, but Leo like takes Raph's uh, death. Not death. It's a his his injure injury. To, uh, he takes it pretty seriously, you know. And I find right. like I find it very believable that those those two are actually closer to each other because they're both intense in their own weird little ways. Yeah, you know, Leonardo was actually always my favorite of the turtles. Yeah, mine too. Really? I mean, he fight he fights with two swords. That's that's funny that you said that. That's literally the exact reason why he was my favorite. I'm like, well, he has swords. Yeah. Everybody else's weapons suck compared to that. Donatello has a stick. He's got a stick. You know? And nobody even knows what size are. So Yeah, exactly. I got a pointy thing here. Yeah. And then the guy with the sword's like, yeah, but here, see, I just I just killed you. It mine's also pointy, but mine's also sharp. So and it's long. So and it's longer than yours. <laughs> um <laughs> no, I also blue is also my favorite character when I was a kid, so 
Blue is your favorite character? Like Bruce Blues? <laughs> color. He's my favorite color. Therefore, anyone who was blue was my favorite character. So yes, blue would have been my favorite character as opposed to <laughs> the other dog. Pink. Pink um, yeah. I don't know. Is that right? I, just, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't mean, know. Is that right? So, you know, now they all go and meditate and they get the blue flamed splinter. Mm -hmm. um, and it's nice that they get to hear Splinter say he loves them, but um, why? <laughs> it's just a question. I don't really know why that scene happens. Um, it gives them the strength to go on? I, I don't know. Well, I, so I know why. It's because this is like the... Because remember Splinter was like, there's one more thing you need to do before uh -huh. you become a ninja. And, you know, now he's like, now you're a Jedi! <laughs> yeah. He's like my force ghost over here. <laughs> and I'm not dead somehow. <laughs> I guess it's a force projection. So then uh, they're like, we have to go back, right? Mm. Also, I love how ripped they made the turtles look. Well, yeah. Turtles don't they're have like... abs. <laughs> they look super ripped. But anyway. They they decide to go back. They're going back to the you know their underground lair in the sewers, mm -hmm. um, and you know Danny's down there hiding in the closet. And <laughs> I like that Raph is like because the kid's like don't shoot, and he's like I don't think it's loaded, kid. Yeah. <laughs> you so, see another fun little line. You can yeah, it's a good throwaway line. It's it's easy to make fun of some of the cheesiness of the movie, but there's actually a, a, a lot of little cute things. I haven't made fun of the Jesus well, you. that much. But it's like, you know, it's easy to think of and be like, ah, oh, Ninja Turtles is dumb. But I don't know. It's a lot of fun stuff. I, I was surprised at how much I really enjoyed it, actually. Mm -hmm. I was like really enjoying it throughout. Uh, although there there was a weird line after that where, you know, April's like, Danny, ah, oh, your father's going to have kittens. Yeah, that was also kind of strange. But I was like, what? He's going to have kittens because he's going <laughs> to. Some of the animal, like uh, the animal human interactions in this movie, are kind of getting to April O'Neill's head here. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we get another, we get an interesting joke, I guess, because mm -hmm. they say that Casey's claustrophobic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then the weird, the weird guy's never looked at another, <laughs> another man. man. <laughs> okay, it's very, it's very bizarre. Back when a time when it was like really okay to be so angry at the idea that somebody would call you a homosexual. Yeah. Um, crazy me is that there's still people out there that are like, how dare you call me that? Yeah. Well, it's like, well that's basically just calling you a human, so I guess. <laughs> yeah. And this one's funny because he apparently thought that they were calling him homophobic, maybe? I don't know what he exactly thought. or just any, thought, large, any large, yeah, any large word, word means homosexual. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, he, he, you know, I'm not sure Casey I, Jones is the brightest bulb in the bulb drawer. So, I actually did enjoy the touch that they they did with Casey getting in the truck, getting in the, and closing, uh, opening the window, and then opening the window. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> which I actually didn't get when I was a kid. I, the, mm -hmm. but this time around, I was like, oh, because he's claustrophobic. <laughs> That's funny. Oh. You, you see, there's so many more layers to it when you're in, when you're grown up. Yeah, seriously. Um, shit, I I also enjoy we get Splinter's backstory now, right? Mm -hmm. 
And I love the idea that Shredder is such a great martial artist that he can kill this guy's this great martial artist that is uh, Splinter's master, right? He's so good that he accidentally taught a rat. Yeah, but couldn't get the rat. Yep, the rat was too the much. rat was too much. <laughs> well, he was well, like I also though. So yeah, and I get that, like <laughs> I also get that like okay, you know the idea that he would have missed right and got his ear, mm -hmm. and and that was the end of it, and he just you know runs away. But I love that in the end, Shredder's like, I'm gonna finish what I started with your ear. So I'm like <laughs> you carried this memory of cutting these random rats <laughs> random rats here yeah 15 years <laughs> it's like the one thing that's been bothering me <laughs> that rat attacked me once and i didn't forget about it like most people would probably do but uh yeah so what is it I actually I actually really enjoyed seeing like Michelangelo setting up April for the KO. I thought mm -hmm. that was like a really funny little bit this way, a little bit that way. Mm -hmm. Boom. You're a natural. <laughs> um, I mean, the whole, the, the rapport that they all have is really, it was really good. And yeah, then, surprisingly good. Yeah. And then uh, Casey was winning me over when he, with his fight with Tatsu, you know, mm -hmm. like, just being like, you need to stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like I'm telling you, you should stop. And then he finally gets him when he gets a golf club. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> then he's never gonna call golf a boring game again. Yeah, a dull game. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, he didn't know Tiger. That was why. Oh, you see, that wasn't yet. It's just yeah, the Tiger wasn't around yet. Was Gary Player or something, you know. Yep, he's a real player. <laughs> so um i also like that so i remember seeing it as a kid and being like and what casey said was like i was like yeah he you know like he wins them over mm -hmm. um and i'm but watching it now i'm like really that's how quickly the brainwashing faded yeah it's just <laughs> like you call this family and then they're like what i guess they're like right. oh yeah i guess that's a um, good point casey it never occurred to us <laughs> but they let us smoke so yeah, yeah, they have arcade games. It's actually kind of weird, cool. because like at the very beginning there, they portrayed it. They oh, the things being stolen are you know things that boys and young young boys and teens might like, and uh, then when we see our our boys and young teens, uh, they are doing weirdly adult things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, like they they're skateboarding, sure, and playing arcade games, but at the same time, they're also smoking cigars and playing pool and poker. So, I don't right. know. It's kind of kind of weird for me. It's incongruous. Um, but I remember when during this fighting, I remember as a kid being really excited when Michelangelo actually like ducked his head into his shell and you oh, yeah. God, I love being a turtle. <laughs> that was a fun, fun little moment. Did they do that a lot on the cartoon? I'm not remembering as much about Ninja Turtles as I thought I did. You know, I don't remember the, so, I mean, we were all, I mean, it came out in 1987, so we were four when mm -hmm. the cartoon came out. True. I remember really liking it. I remember I used to watch it a lot, but I, I honestly, don't remember um I, I don't remember that aspect of it you know like I, i'm just i know that they were heroes in a half shell right yeah teenage mutant ninja turtles teenage mutant yeah 
I remember, um, I remember Krang being uh, like the main villain and him not appearing in the movies, and that's probably a good thing because I'm not really sure just how well Krang works outside of. So the, we're in the final showdown area now, but I I do love when they meet Shredder and they're like, "What or who? Who or what is that?" Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> I can't even remember the line, but they they mentioned something about him. Uh, oh, I don't know, but I, I bet he never needs a can opener. <laughs> a lot of Mikey's okay. lines are uh, enjoyable for you. I've noticed his <laughs> his his particular brand of of goofiness somehow works. But yeah. Um, the question I had though is why do they keep going one at a time? It's a good question. Um, does doesn't Shredder even mention that? Like you could have all just gang up on me, but instead, well, that was it was when he he gets Raph on the ground. Yeah, you know, and he's gonna or not. Is it Leo? It's Leo. He gets Leo on the ground and he's going to kill him. And they all throw their weapons and he's like, fools, the three of you could have stopped me with the loss of one, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. So just imagine how much better they all would have been if all four of the men just decided to go on with it. And where was exactly. he at this point? Was he still deprogramming the kids? Or... No, they had run up. They're they're listening to the fight, remember? Because oh, they were on it. the roof. No, not really, I guess. I guess I wasn't... I don't know. I <laughs> well, lost because some more of the Foot Clan goes to run up the ladder, and he backs the truck into the ladder. Oh yeah, okay, okay. And they fall, which is I think like the only action sequence in the movie. Um, so the fighting is actually really good, I thought. But no chases really, except for maybe yeah. maybe escaping through a sewer. Yeah, there's cover. a chase there. But a lot of fighting. Um, anyway, but so I, I did think this was interesting. So I know I'm, we're talking about the final showdown here, mm -hmm. but Shredder dying, right, or falling off the building, landing in the garbage truck. Yeah. And I remember really enjoying this when I was a kid, but now I'm like, so Casey <laughs> Jones just says, oops, and then murders somebody? Oops. Death. He's been looking for an excuse to murder someone the whole movie, so... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's sort of strange that we that we were so glib about it. <laughs> um, so then we get to uh, April, and she's you know she she got fired earlier. I guess we didn't mention it, but uh, now she's being rehired by good old Chucky. And um, I did though, I did enjoy the line though at the end where she's just like, "You're a tough negotiator, Charles." <laughs> which is kind of silly because he just gives her everything she wants um we get back and sam rockwell future oscar nominee oh, is yeah. uh or winner i i can't we don't I know feel like he did win um for what do you think he won for i you know what i'm gonna check right now I'm gonna just <laughs> check real quick i think he was nominated for the one where he played bob fossey i know because sam rockwell is actually a really good dancer in real life well, I thought he got. I thought he won Best Supporting Actor for Three Billboards. Oh, he might have. I forgot about that movie. But let's check him. Checking my spreadsheet right now. And yep, he won Best Supporting Actor. Well, I stand corrected over Missouri. <laughs> right or outside Ebbing. Ebbing, um, Missouri. Yeah. So yeah, future Oscar winner Sam Rockwell. Mm-hmm. And, and your uh, nominee Elias Cotius. Was he nominated? No, that was. That he was might have been an Emmy nominee. <laughs> I think he was a Tony nominee. 
<laughs> in, in that he knows a guy named Tony. Um, well, I actually, I think the ending is fantastic. Uh, and, uh, he's like, I always liked Cowabunga, right? And they uh, say Cowabunga, and I had forgotten this part of it, but <laughs> the, I made a funny. <laughs> <laughs> you see, the thing that always got me, it's not really much of a joke. <laughs> it's, it's not a funny. It's it's more of a reference, if anything. Right. A callback, perhaps, but whatever. I suppose, again, he is a, just an actual rat, so I suppose <laughs> we should forgive his perhaps underdeveloped sense of humor. He was spending all his time learning ninja, you know? Right. right. <laughs> Instead, his next owner after Hamato Yoshi was Jerry Seinfeld, so. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that about Splinter. Yeah. Yeah. What's the deal with grape nuts? <laughs> That's where he learned his his finely honed sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> um, and normally I would say this is this is the end. We don't need to talk about it anymore. But I have to say I love the song at the end. T U R T L E Power. <laughs> no, it's not actually very good, but that's okay because the, the main little theme or whatever throughout this movie, I've kind of enjoyed. So yeah, me too. I just I love that they had a song for mm -hmm. them. You know, um, I also loved listening to it on one and a half speed. So that's how I watched the movie. T U R T L E power. T U R T L E power. <laughs> Sounds pretty good, frankly. <laughs> it's really funny. So here we are. We have uh, we have reached the rank. A rank. So. Will it surpass Raiders of the Lost Ark as the uh, the top-ranked action movie of all time? That's what we're going to find out uh, when we rank the movie based on 10 categories. Story, acting, originality, action sequences, chase-slash-fight scenes, film coherence, hero appeal, villain appeal-slash-hatred, supporting characters appeal, and the final showdown. So we're going to rank it on a scale of 1 to 5, 1 being the worst, 5 being the best. And our first category is story, and you get to start, Zach. Uh, for story, I... You know, this entire movie was really difficult to, to rank, if you ask me. I had trouble with it, too, actually. It's because it's like, what you know, like, <laughs> as far as a, a Ninja Turtle movie, the story was pretty good. As far as a movie, uh, I'm not sure it was quite so good. I'm going to mostly grade it on sort of a curve and, and, like, let it be a Ninja Turtle movie, though. That's a, okay. Okay. So... I gave the story a 3.8. Okay. Um, I thought it was pretty good. I kind of liked the fact that the the crime spree was like weirdly focused on like attracting kids because like it's a kids movie. So I like the fact that they made it like a gang of kids almost, and the fact that they were trying to appeal to. I mean, the Foot Clan trying to appeal to kids in order to like get an army of child soldiers yeah um i thought pretty much everything worked so really no complaints i mean three point eight i don't know i wasn't sure if that was too low too high way too high wait i don't know but that's what I'm going with. <laughs> well i gave it a three okay so maybe i i didn't i didn't do the curve that you're talking mm -hmm. about but i do understand why you would do that mm -hmm. so i'm not shaming you for it um the story is okay you know mm-hmm Lots of crime in the city. 
The turtles stop it with the help of April and Casey. But so here's the thing too: is Shredder's obsession with them mm-hmm. is never really adequately explained. That's true. You know, um, except that he somehow recognizes the fighting Lucy's style fighting that style. he's yeah. heard about. Yeah. Um, I uh, yeah. I you know I didn't think that the story was terribly well done. It's not awful or anything. It's not like it's not like I didn't enjoy it, but it was it was it was okay. But the next category is acting. Mm-hmm. And for this, I gave a 3.25. Mm-hmm. I didn't, again, I didn't think it was terrible. It wasn't terrible acting, uh, but it certainly wasn't great. You know, wouldn't be like, where are the Oscar nominees for this? Um, Except for Sam Rockwell. Well, you know, he was good. Um, uh, Judith Hogue was decent. I didn't actually, you know, I thought she was a decent April. Um, and I actually thought Elias Kateas was pretty good. You know, he, he was charming. He won me over in his role. Um, I thought Leo's voice actor was probably the worst one. I know you disagreed on that. Um, I thought Raphael's was enjoyable, and I enjoyed Michelangelo, Michelangelo and Donatello. But, you know, I don't know. It was middling. What well, you, what's I, uh, I, uh, I uh, gave it a 3.5 because I thought it was pretty, pretty, uh, I'm going to go with good for, for what it was supposed to be. Again, maybe this is my curve, you know, but um, the only, uh, the, uh, the, the two human actors, I guess, who were Japanese, and I don't know if it was their actual voices or if they were weirdly dubbed, was the only thing that kind of didn't work for me. Everybody else was okay. Um Oh, yeah, the you only other about, person. You're about Shredder, right? Shredder and uh, the other guy, Tatsu. Tatsu, yeah. I I couldn't quite tell if they were like. I didn't feel like Tatsu was dubbed, but I definitely thought Shredder was. Yeah, me too. So that was a little awkward. I thought all I thought all four turtles were good. Um, I thought a couple of the turtles were really good, frankly. Um, and uh, like you said, Elias Codius was actually kind of funny and and fun. I think I liked him better as a kid in the movie than I did in the cartoons or anything because he was fun. Like I didn't the, even know that Casey Jones was a character in the cartoon. Yeah, I, I you know, I had a lot of Ninja Turtle action figures. Did you? Um, <laughs> at some point or another they must have gone on sale and my parents just bought every last goddamn one. Because <laughs> I had a lot. Like, you know the Care Bears and the Care Bear Friends mm-hmm. where where the Care Bears get like a lion and a monkey and an elephant as friends. I had the Ninja Turtle friends because I had I had a giraffe Ninja Turtle. I had um, a duck Ninja Turtle. He was it was actually looked a bit like Howard the Duck. Um, God, I, I I'm gonna find them and be sad that I don't have them anymore. But anyway, uh, so I also had I had Casey Jones as well at some point. So that's, that's interesting. How, that's how I knew. Oh, I, I, I had that. I don't I remember that. you having all those. Maybe maybe uh, Ninja Turtles weren't in vogue when. Uh... Probably not. We finally became friends. Although, no, we would have become friends right around this time. I feel like I remember talking about the Ninja Turtles to you. So I don't know how I don't remember playing with Ninja Turtle toys that were yours. I, I think I, tur- I was like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. I was very jealously guarding my Ninja Turtles. I think. Did, were you? I don't you're, know. Oh, I, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, there, there are toys when you're a kid that you're like, nobody else plays with this. 
this is mine, damn you. But no, uh, yeah, I thought the acting was really good. The only other actor I thought was not very good was the police chief, who was really over the top. But aside from him. That's funny, because he worked for me. <laughs> really? Because, because he was so too demanding. Like, I knew ex all he was supposed to do was be angry, right? Yeah. And I, he was really good at being angry. He was. He was, at, he was angry at the very least, if nothing else. So. Well, anyway, the next category is originality. What do you have for that one? Oh, is that me for the first one? Originality? I wasn't... Here's another one that I wasn't sure about. Um, originality? I was like... At first, I gave it like a 3.4 or something like that. And then I downgraded all the way down to like a 2-something. And then I went and just <laughs> kind of split the difference and went 3. I don't know what to do with this category. <laughs> I had a lot of trouble with this one, too, actually. It's original enough, I suppose. But is that a good thing? I don't know. So this, this is the exact thing that I was like, I don't know. I, so I gave it a three and a half. And yeah. I, I was basically like, I mean, it's pretty, it's a pretty generic action movie, you know, uh -huh. martial arts movie, right? But they're mutant turtles. So <laughs> yeah, counts for something, right? And so that's, at, I gave it that, points for being mutant turtles. At the same time, though, is that like a, is that a something that you should give the, comic book credit for rather than the movie well but you know it's adapted from an original source i mean you, mm -hmm, i think mm -hmm. it all goes from from that right so i think yeah giving the comic book credit for being original also gives the movie credit for being original yeah i think you're right so all right the next one is action sequences uh mm. which there this is another hard one because i was like what action sequences were there yeah, except for fights. Not it was much. just fight scenes, which is our next category, right? It's inter It's interesting when we do the martial arts movies because that tends to be what happens. Yeah, they tend to be very few at, as far, like actual action. But anyway, so well, I I gave it a three and a half. Um, okay. Because so like two and a half would be like it, nothing existed here. Mm -hmm. Um, but there the only action sequence I could think of was falling off the building into the garbage truck mm -hmm. um, from Shredder or off the ladder because of the garbage truck when he ran into mm -hmm. the ladder, right? And those were executed fine, so I'll give it a point. So three and a half. So, so, I, I couldn't think of anything else to do. So what, what do you have for it? I gave it a, a 2.75. Mostly probably but... better. Uh, that's probably a more righteous more correct score righteous righteous score man no more bossa nova score um bossa nova um no nova? i think yeah i uh it was like i don't know it wasn't really there but i mean it wasn't unexciting so it was hard to give it like a really bad score or anything so right i wasn't missing action for the most part so Okay, so let's move on to the chase slash fight scenes because that's where the meat is, right? Yeah, pretty much. What do you got for that? For that one, I gave a 3.75 because I thought they were pretty good. I'm surprised you went so low. I Yeah, are I you... was thinking about going higher. Maybe I will. We'll see. Well, wait till you hear mine. I gave it a 4.75. Wow, that is, that is higher. Yeah, I actually thought the fight scenes were really well done. Okay, yeah, I think I might go higher. So. I, I was, so, I mean, like... I thought I honestly thought the fight scenes in this, the martial arts and everything, were mm -hmm. way better than than uh, Bloodsport. Um, and so, for, 
it uh, you can't really compare it to hero because hero was very like you know yeah it's a different thing. fantasy martial art type style but like i don't know i mean i i think that of the three martial arts movies that we've watched i enjoyed this the most the fighting in this the most all right so yeah i'm gonna up it to 4.25 i'm not even sure why i was being so what's the opposite of bullish bearish yeah on that one? no i me either i was like man and i was actually wondering like do you think that the fact that they're in these suits which forced them to be super choreographed really helped with the fight scenes i like, think it might have some, i think so too it's an interesting way to look at it because you think it would oh it like limits their this that and the other thing but i don't know I, i'm like they looked really fast. I know that they did that with kind of trickery, but I yeah. felt like it was really smooth and fat. I just, I was really impressed. Well, the trickery is part of the filmmaking, so right. if they get credit for, well, not the actors necessarily, but they get credit for that. Yeah. Well, so let's move to uh, film coherence. Mm -hmm. And um, that's for me. So I, I gave it a three and a half. Mm -hmm. um, one of the big ones for me is the motivation of Shredder wanting to go after the turtles was just strange and not yeah. really explained very well um as far as i could tell they only stopped two criminal actions that the foot was doing yeah. it doesn't seem to be a huge disruption to me um and then the meditation bringing back splinter was kind of weird uh, you know i i get that they were using that to say they were finally jedis like we discussed earlier but eh, <laughs> you know okay um and April's reporting after the foot gave her the the slap with their hands, not their feet. Um, <laughs> but it was pretty inconsequential. So it was like, okay, why did we even have that? It did yeah. nothing. Yeah. Um, and all it did was set up her getting fired, which was also pretty inconsequential, other than the joke at the end. Yeah. So, I guess you're right. I, I I went three and a half because I thought everything worked fine. Well, that's what I gave it. Yeah, I know it's it's well it's funny because <laughs> I feel like everything made enough made as much sense as it had to. So. Right. Yeah, I mean I feel like when I'm doing it, I'm just like I'm always like trying to explain why I don't give it a five, you know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like three and a half is pretty generous for Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I was variety. Like, <laughs> I could have just gone over and been like three and a half because it worked well. <laughs> well I, you know, it, maybe, it I, maybe I should, maybe I could explain more. But I'm, well, no, I'm, no, I think it's I think it's a better way to look at it because like yeah. I'm always just like these are all the negative things that brought it, brought the score down, mm -hmm. and you're like this is a Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> the fact that I'm giving it a three and a half shows that it was a decent movie. Yeah, well done. Yeah. So what? Where are we now? Well, Hero Appeal is next. So that's you. Hero Appeal is another difficult one because i thought the turtles were really freaking cool yeah so i don't want to give it a five though right <laughs> i mean that's up to you man it's up to me but i think i've given hero i think the only five i've given for hero appeal is indiana freaking jones so nope. oh i give i gave ripley a five as well so i feel like and this iron is man well okay so those three are different from the ninja turtles though <laughs> but i am gonna go four and a half i think i thought that they were pretty good and again i like the acting all four of them they were all enjoyable and uh you actually made a great point that they're actually kind of fun to spend time with you know yeah well 
I mean, I'm right there with you. I gave it a four and a half. Mm, okay. I because I mean, your point is well taken. I don't know how you can't. I, I couldn't give. It, I love the turtles, right? Yeah. But they're yeah. not a five. <laughs> you know, yeah, same. They're, not, they're not a five. But I mean, you. I love them. How can you not love them? They're so much fun. I yeah. just I enjoyed spending time with them. I I honestly am like now looking forward to um to ranking the next one. The yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two: Secret of the Use, because I remember loving that movie even more than this one when I was a kid. So, and you know, I think the uh, animatronic faces actually had a lot of personality, so that worked for me as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, so let's go to villain appeal. Slash yeah, this one's a little tougher. Yeah, I I gave this one a two and a half. Mm -hmm. I remember Shredder being a great villain in the in the cartoon. Mm -hmm. and you know, I assume the comics also, but here he's just kind of blah. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, he's well. uh, they show him as a great fighter, which that part was cool. Um, but I think I hated Tatsu more than Shredder. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he is the um, one who like beat up kids, so yeah, exactly. He just he just never moved me in any direction, but I basically nostalgia keeps me from, from putting him lower. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I went that. 2.35 for that exact reason basically um i remember even being a little disappointed with him in when i was a kid not because it was bad it's just like you, you mean said, in the movie yeah 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 i agree because it's just like all right whatever like and he, he i will say that his introductory scene is pretty effective where he like comes in and he's like badass to the point that the other guy who's badass has to like you know fuck with his cape for some reason like we talked about <laughs> so that did portray him as being like ooh, who's the big bad guy but then they really didn't really go anywhere with it yeah i'm so i remember as a kid being excited when they had shredder and i'm like oh my god it's shredder mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. what is he gonna be like and then it was just like nothing and i remember just being like but i they they save him a little bit by making mm -hmm. him a, like a really badass fighter yeah yeah um but yeah i remember just being like oh okay <laughs> yeah. um anyway so the next category is supporting characters appeal what do you have for that one that another difficult one but i just went 3.25 because i liked them okay but <laughs> i don't know i guess that's probably mostly casey jones and uh and april, and april. Pretty good. yeah <laughs> i don't really know what I, else to say about it. and sam rockwell of course was oscar worthy as always as always yeah, I mean, it's it's funny how much we're aligning on this, actually. <laughs> well, because I gave it a 3.75, which, mm -hmm. you know, of course, as always, is just a little bit higher than you. Yeah. Um, but the same, I, I liked Casey in April. Uh -huh. um, Danny didn't do much for me, that's he for was, sure. He was, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Um, Charles was okay, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, he was, didn't do much <laughs> for me either. And then this is what I'm, this is, I think this is kind of funny, but Chief Stearns, I thought was actually pretty good as right. a, you know, as far as two-dimensional characters go. Like yeah, yeah. just everything that you expected him to be, I thought. Um, just like an over-the-top, you know, chief mm -hmm. that is angry all the time. Um, mm. so yeah. Anyway, so let's go to the final showdown. Mm. And I gave the final showdown a four. Mm. <laughs> I actually really liked the final showdown, um, but I, I would have liked to seen to have seen like a longer fight scene, mm -hmm. showing off Shredder's abilities. Um, but overall, I really enjoyed it. You know, J Jason the Argonauts, by the way, take note on how to set up a sequel. 
<laughs> and felt, not just yeah. It's it not felt just this final. Movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It felt We're final, but I did feel like there could be another one also. You know, mm -hmm. like that's how you do it. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, I I, I just I, the only thing that I I think it would have been higher for me if we had gotten to see the turtles actually fight with them instead of like always him just like at the end of him beating them. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, yeah, it seemed like they did that for look how badass Shredder is, but um, we didn't right. we, did, we didn't get like more fighting would have been good between them to actually pique our interest rather than just okay. Just and I'm, been beaten. and and usually I would say I'm more of an advocate for less fighting in martial mm -hmm. arts movies because they usually kind of kind of milk that for too long. I, mm -hmm. I don't know, but usually, but a lot of them do. Mm -hmm. um, but this one, I was like, no more. I want mm -hmm. I want more of this. Because it was well done. Anyway, what do you have? For I uh, went with a four point two five. Same reasoning, basically. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. It was. It was. I like seeing everybody, like, not everybody coming together like it's an Avengers film or something. But I liked. Uh, I liked the fact that they gave everybody something to do. Like Casey Jones had his own thing to do. You know, like you basically everything you said except. Um, the only thing that didn't work for me was was Shredder. Leo gets all worked up, right? I'm gonna get you because I'm angry, and then he just like gets beaten immediately. And I was like, okay, like this Leo I know. actually fuck. <laughs> I know it definitely made it made the turtles look really bad yeah. in a lot of in a lot of ways, as opposed to making the Shredder the look really look, badass. Look badass, yeah. So if we had gotten like a really cool fight scene between, especially Leo showing off his his leadership powers. Against Shredder would have been really cool, but that's the only thing that didn't work for me. You know, I think what would have been really neat for them to have done mm -hmm. is to have had the four of them fight fight Shredder and mm -hmm. have Shredder beat them, but mm -hmm. like it taking a while. Like it shows Shredder being a badass, but it, yeah, it makes that it's still like they're still good. You know? Yeah, it doesn't make the Ninja Turtles look like they just suck so out of nowhere. Yeah, um, and then like. All of a sudden, Shredder's really, really bad at martial arts, like charging yeah. at him. So anyway, that's it for the rank. That's, um, that's the rank of the uh, Ninja Turtles. Of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I, I'm sure you'd like to know where it fell. Right? Yeah, is it number one? It is not number one, but it didn't do that bad, actually. Um, probably, probably right in the middle with all those others. It's 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 right in the middle. It is. Uh, it did not beat The Mummy. But it did beat Central Intelligence, <laughs> which I was kind of surprised by, to be honest with you. The Rock is over there going, really? Come on. I, I know. I felt like we really enjoyed that movie, so I'm like, how is it that it's so low? I kind of wonder if some of those earlier ones we... Uh, we were a little harsher than we have been yeah. lately. Yeah. yeah. And now we're just like, yeah, Ninja Turtles was good. Five. Yeah. <laughs> well... It it got a cumulative score of seventy one point four, which mm -hmm. put it behind the mummy at seventy two point six five, and above Central Intelligence, which is seventy point five. Mm -hmm. So I would say it's like the C tier. Yeah, it seems pretty 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 on on point for Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, well, so thank you for listening once again. Um, we we greatly appreciate it uh you know if you really like us and want to give us money 
you could uh, go to our Patreon account. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if um, you want to help us keep this thing going, that's a good way to do it. Or I can give you my home address and you can just <laughs> mail me money. Um, or you can just come over and hang out, keep us company. Yeah, yeah. If you'd like to see an updated list of our rankings, you can see that on our website at therankwithjohnandzach.com. Check us out next week when we're ranking the thing that Zach picks here. Well, I wanted to ask you if you're okay with something that is the only place I can find it available is on Tubi with ads, but it's free. I mean, sure. What is it? I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm hesitating here because I'm like, I don't really give a shit if I have to pay for it either. So um, it, it's called Robot Jocks. Robot Jocks? What are, we, what are you doing? J-O-X Jocks. Oh, oh, Zach! You you thought that you, you're going to yearn for blood sport? I get the impression. I can already tell that I'm yearning. I'm yearning for blood sport as we're talking about this. But I'm hey. like thinking maybe we should just end the podcast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the last episode of Frank with John and Zach. The accountant was okay, and now I'm going to go and hide from. <laughs> From, from robot jacks, <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know, yeah, you, you let me pick, so I'm thinking I'm gonna go with it. Remember last week, I said I was gonna pick a bad one, so oh, so goodbye and matinee. I want to see the underdog win. (laughs) Get out of here with your underdog crap. I used to watch this movie when I was a kid. And Lord, I didn't think it was good when I was a kid. So I'm excited.